The smaller our context, the far more fear, scarcity, and urgency that we experience, and the more likely we are to give up and revert to our winning strategy. We need big context when it comes to making the impossible happen. Hey friends, welcome to episode five of the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today we will be talking about context, how we curate a specific type of context that helps us cultivate our way of being in the world so that we can make the impossible inevitable. Context is king. Simply put, context is defined as the setting for an event, idea, or statement in terms of which it can be fully understood and assessed. Context allows us to truly understand something that is in front of us. And so many people walk through life without even considering context at all, not their own context or the context from which someone else is coming from and what they are doing or the greater context for their goals and the things that they're working to create in their life. Context is everything. It's our lens. It's our framing. It's how we interpret and make sense of experiences inside and outside of ourselves. You can't fully understand something if you're not considering context. I want to share some examples of differing contexts and how this can create tension for us in our experiences and relationships and why it's so important to understand context because if you don't, then you're likely having two different conversations, even if you and the other person really believe that you're on the same page. We talked in episode four all about two crucial conversations for transforming your reality. And so a piece of this, a piece of really stepping outside of interpretation is to consider context. What is your context and what is the other person? and what is the context of the situation as a whole. One personal example from my own life is after one of my relationships ended, that particular person moved on rather quickly. And I remember going through a period where I was feeling very strong emotions that looked and sounded very much like jealousy. And so everything that I was sharing with my friends and the people around me, they interpreted what I was going through from the context of, oh, that's normal jealousy. It's normal to feel that way. You're probably just feeling hurt. You're probably not over this person. Feel your feelings, focus on yourself, and you'll get over it. For me, though, my context was very much there was something happening inside of me, inside of my body, with my emotions, and with my mindset and the way that I was processing things that felt so much bigger than the other person and what they were doing, than the situation as a whole, than my relationship with this person at all. My context was very much there's something here that feels really unhealthy for me about how I am responding to what's going on. And I wasn't actually jealous. It wasn't actually hurt. What was happening in my context, in my experience, is that I was really starting to realize the way that I was trauma bonding in that relationship and in other relationships. I was really starting to see how certain traumas and core wounds were coming into play and causing me to have a very visceral reaction to certain things after the breakup. That was my context. And so when I was sharing my feelings and my thoughts with people, my context, the setting for understanding what it is that I was experiencing and sharing was very different than the context that other people held and the context from which they interpreted and heard what I was sharing. This caused a lot of confusion for me because here I am trying to share a certain experience and trying to make sense of it within a container of one context while everyone else was speaking to me from a completely different context. We were having two different conversations. And if I 
I hadn't been aware of context, if I hadn't been aware of the fact that they're not hearing me, what I'm saying from within the container that I'm holding it, from within my experience and the way that I am processing and making sense of it, it would have been very easy for me to listen to what they were saying, to believe something that wasn't true and accurate for my experience, and to take the wrong kind of actions versus actually digging in deeper around what was coming up for me and really having the opportunity, which I took, to heal and grow through it and to release these old traumas and these old trauma bonds and to heal my core wounds on a whole new level. I could have very easily, without considering my context versus theirs and how things were being misinterpreted because of that, because I couldn't make sense of my context in such a way that another person could understand it and see it at play and hear me speaking from that space. So I wasn't in a place yet of making sense of my experience to where I could communicate it clearly to someone else. But I knew that. I knew that we were having two different conversations. And that allowed me to discern who was really hearing me, if what they were saying was actually right and relevant for what I was going through, and to make decisions that were best for me to do the healing that I really wanted to do. Another example professionally is as I have been moving towards this new evolution in my business, I have started sharing with the people around me some of the things that I am making decisions around. And I shared with a particular friend and mentor about a decision that I was making around my branding, a very big change that I was feeling called towards. And I hadn't shared yet the greater context of the vision because I was still holding it close to my heart and I was still getting clarity around it. In my context, I was feeling a very clear pull and call to completely shift the branding, to completely shift so many elements of my business. And I could feel on a deeper level how that was truly in alignment with what was next, but I couldn't again articulate it yet. And the person that I was sharing with immediately listened to and heard what I was sharing from their context. And within their context, they held the belief that I was just getting bored with my branding, that this was a pattern of mine because there has been a pattern of mine in the past where I would get tired of things and I would cut them off or run away from them without really thinking things through. So this person heard what I was sharing through their context and the advice and direction that they gave me was completely irrelevant for me. But again, if I had not had the awareness of context as a whole, if I was not able to see that I'm holding a completely different context than this person I'm trying to communicate to, and I can see in what they're saying and how they're engaging with what I'm putting out there, that their context is completely different. People are always showing us their context. They're always showing us their perception, their wounds, their fears, their beliefs, and what they say, how they respond, how they feel about and interpret certain things. So people are always telling us their context. We're just not listening through that lens of knowing our own context to begin with, understanding the greater context that comes into play when we're engaging with other people and other things in life, and considering the context of the other person. So it's very easy for us to get pulled off track to take advice that is irrelevant for us, to internalize things that people are saying to us because we're not considering the fact that their context is completely different and their context actually doesn't even consider mine. You have to consider context, especially when it comes to conversation. And remember, conversation is the vehicle for making the impossible a reality. Yes, we are out in the world doing things, but everything that we're doing and the action that we take to make it a reality hinges on conversation. Context is king. Can you start listening from a place of considering context? Can you start communicating what your context is and understanding that there are times in our growth, in our healing, in our evolution, in the process of making the impossible happen, that things are more of a felt sense within us? 
both of those examples that I shared with you, those were felt sense. I had a felt sense, an inner knowing, an intuitive nudge and understanding that what was happening after my breakup was very different than what it sounded like. That this next evolution in my exploration around my branding and making certain changes was very different than what it sounded like to other people. But I couldn't articulate that piece of my context yet. So are you aware if you're not in a place to articulate your context? That doesn't mean that you can't have certain conversations with people, but you have to be aware that they may not understand what you're saying because they're holding a completely different framing. In their mind, what they're hearing from you lands and comes from a completely different setting. And from that setting, that framing, that lens, they interpret and engage with what it is that you share different than you intend for it to come across or for the conversation that you even intend to have. Can you bring that awareness to your conversations. And if you are in a place where you're able to articulate your context, how can you make sure that you're doing that? How can you clarify the setting? Now, when I have those same conversations about this next evolution, I'm on the same page with the same person, the same mentor. And anyone new that I bring into this conversation, the context is very clear because I am at a place where I can articulate it clearly. I can paint a picture of the setting from which I am expressing from, from which these decisions and changes are coming from, so that they can grasp that we're not over here having this conversation that they might interpret based on their own context. We're actually over here. And here is the context for why I'm sharing this. And here is the type of conversation that I'm trying to have with you. Can you articulate your context better? And if you're in a situation where you're having trouble communicating with someone or having a conversation with somebody, because these conversations, these external conversations, we're trying to move ourselves forward rapidly. We're making requests and promises. Can you articulate the context of that? And if you're not getting a response that feels relevant or even the response that you would like, maybe it's just a no and that's great. That moves us forward as much as a yes. But if you feel like something isn't lining up, can you take a moment and get curious to understand their context? What is the setting in which they are receiving this information and making sense of it? And is it the right setting? And if not, can you clarify that together so that you're on the same page? Context is also incredibly important to consider when you are taking in information from the external world and making sense of it. One example that I have comes from the business realm, and that is a friend of mine who is absolutely amazing and brilliant, launched an online summit for the first time. If you're not familiar with online summits, they are basically virtual conferences where you get to come for a certain amount of days, and there's a lot of different speakers that are presenting on video. And if you miss any of the live days, you can pay to get all of the recordings. So this is what an online summit is. And online summits are something that have been happening for a very long time. And they've actually become less effective over time, which I have witnessed as someone in the online marketing space, that they are a bit oversaturated and people don't really understand what makes them successful. That said, this particular friend launched their first summit and made a lot of money, was very wildly successful with the summit. And this person then went on to share with everybody that they should do summits. That's where it's at. It's a great marketing tool. You can make a lot of money. Some of those people went on to try and make summits and had zero success. And that is because context was not considered. And this happens all the time. We could have a whole conversation about context in marketing and business specifically, because I see it all the time. They weren't considering context. 
both sides. The person who had the successful summit wasn't considering the context, which was they had built a very engaged audience over a long period of time. They had amazing guests on their summit that were good friends that were willing and able to share the summit with their audiences. So they had more reach. And they were talking about a topic which was just gaining traction from an SEO perspective, meaning it was just getting popular online. People were just starting to understand this term and starting to search for it. And this particular person had a wealth of content and information on this topic already. So it was already doing well and was the first one to do a summit around it. That is the context of the success. Not that they decided to do a summit and summits work great. Summits work well within a certain context. What is that context? What is the context of when you see other people having the successes that you want and creating the things that you want, you have to consider the context. What was the environment, the setting for that success? for them being able to create what they want. It's not just what they're out there doing. It's not that they did a summit or they did whatever it is that you're seeing that was successful. What is the context of it? And context includes who we are being inside of that. So the context of that summit was a lot of different things. And that context wasn't communicated because it wasn't considered. And the people seeing the success that decided to model it did not consider the context of its success. Context is king. You have to start looking for it and considering it. This goes for personal goals as well. Let's say that you really desire a loving and romantic partnership with someone healthy. It's deeply connected. It's incredible. You want the same things. You see that other people have had that success. They had it through dating apps. I'll get on dating apps. What was the context of their success of finding a partner on a dating app? It has a lot more to do with where they were and what they used than the way their conversations went than their beliefs about how dates should progress. It was who they were being, the healing work that they had done, the clarity that they had, the timing of it, the type of partnership that they were looking for. Context matters. And context is left out of so many conversations and it creates such confusion and tension. And that confusion and tension can often trigger us in our winning strategy. If I try to model what someone else is doing and I don't consider context, it's gonna activate my core wounding when things don't go the way that I want. When I fail, when I don't get what it is that I set out to get, when people tell me no, when it doesn't work the way I think it's going to, the way I think it should, it's gonna activate my winning strategy, which puts me right back where I was, not creating what I really want. And if I'm in conversation with people who aren't considering my context, and I'm not considering the fact that they're speaking to me from a completely different place than I'm speaking to them, I can internalize that. I can start to think that there's something wrong with me. I can start to take on advice or direction that isn't aligned for me, that isn't resonant, that actually is irrelevant to what it is that I'm trying to do or create. Context is king. You have to consider it. So that's context. Now let's talk about how we curate a specific type of context that helps us step into a new way of being and create what we really want. Context in the context of this conversation today on this episode is about creating a support, a setting for you to bring what you really want to life. It sets our focus and our energy. It sets our intention. And the greater the context that we can hold around our big impossible visions and desire, the more space that we have. And the more space that we have, the more likely we are to bring it to fruition, to make it a reality. The smaller our context, the far more fear, scarcity, and urgency that we experience, and the more likely we are to give up and revert to our winning strategy. We need big context when it comes to making the impossible happen. What we want is probably big if it feels impossible. We need a big context to form the setting from which we be, do, act, create, move, converse. We need a big context. There's so much more space in that. 
Example of small context in business is I'm going to make $10,000 by December 1st, and I'm going to grow my following to 20,000 people versus the large context of I'm building a multi-million dollar company that will impact industries worldwide. That's a much bigger context. With a small context, there's pressure to hit the numbers in a certain way, in a certain time period versus moving through everything that you're doing to build your audience to grow your revenue as the CEO of a million dollar brand. It's a different energy. It's a different way of being. The scarcity, the urgency, I must, I must, I must, by this date, it must look this way, it must be this much. That can feel like a bold promise, but it's a small context. The context that you're holding for what you're moving towards is small. And if you don't hit that, you'll get frustrated. You'll give up. You'll think that social media doesn't work for you. You're not smart enough. You're not creative enough. Versus being the CEO of the multi-million dollar company that's impacting industries globally. You move differently. You make different decisions. You set different promises. There's more space when you don't hit the numbers to innovate, to be creative, to think differently. Because you're not like, shoot. I failed. That's it. I give up. Your context is too small. It creates scarcity. We beat ourselves up. We tell stories about it. We quit. But when we hold a bigger context, when we don't achieve the bold promises that we make and the timeframes that we want, we don't internalize that. We see it as a learning opportunity. We make different decisions. We move differently from there. Another example of small context from a personal perspective is I'm going to be married by time I'm 27 because I have a timeline of how it should go, when I should be married, when I should have babies, which means that I need to meet somebody yesterday and we should be at least a year into our relationship because he should be proposing by now if I want to be married at 27. That's a small context. And what happens when you don't meet those milestones within your small context? You tell stories about yourself. You tell stories about the type of people that you're dating. You tell stories about what's possible for you. You quit, you give up, or you operate from a place of urgency and scarcity and you settle quickly because you're on a deadline and you have to make that. Versus a greater context of I'm cultivating the love of a lifetime. When you're cultivating the love of a lifetime, you're focused on alignment. You're focused on your healing and growth. You're moving through the world as a person that you need to be to have the partnership that you want. And you're not settling because you're on some small context timeline. You are willing to wait for what's right, even if that takes far longer than you want. You are open to how it's supposed to look, not how you think it should look, based on limited thinking, which is often rooted in ego and subconscious programming. When you hold the bigger context, you move through the world differently. You move through the process of dating and relating differently. You're not coming from urgency and scarcity. That doesn't mean that you're not making bold promises. In this case, a bold promise could be, I'm gonna go out on this many dates over the next six months. I'm gonna give myself an opportunity to meet as many people as possible. I'm gonna say yes to everyone who asked me out. I'm gonna start now, I'm gonna go to therapy. Within our big context, we can still make bold promises. We should be. We're still setting timelines on these bold promises. That's what makes them bold. Not just what it is that we're doing, the big step that we're taking, but we're doing it quickly. But when your context for why you're doing that is small, the setting from which you make the decision to make that bold promise when it's too small, you're going to give up. You're going to act from scarcity. You're not holding something big enough to keep you in motion and to keep you in a certain way of being. We are always operating from context. Even if you're not conscious to your context, you are operating from it right now. The question is, is it a big enough context for you to move through the world in such a way that you are being the person who can have that? Is it big enough? 
Will it move you forward? Or is it small, anchored in ego, anchored in urgency, anchored in scarcity, anchored in your winning strategy, what you believe you can achieve? What is your context for this big impossible thing that you want to bring to life? What is the setting from which you hold it and you make decisions and you move? This is context and we need a big context. Small context causes us to wobble. When we don't hit those milestones, when we don't bring the small thing to life and the timing that we think we should be able to, and it doesn't look how we expect it to or want it to or think it should, the right way it should look, we wobble. We go into our stories. We activate our subconscious winning strategy. We quit. We give up. The space that's created by a big context gives us so much more room to navigate things. And remember the conversations from episode four, the internal conversations. What really happened? What's missing? What's next? When we hold a greater context, what's missing is not that something went wrong or isn't as it should be. We're able to tap back into, okay, I'm looking for the love of a lifetime. What's missing for that? And what's next for me to start bringing in more options and engaging in more conversations to make it a reality? Small context causes us to quit. Big context, there's space. There's less interpretation because we're in process on something so big that we recognize that it might take a little bit of time. It might not go exactly the way that we think it should. It's so far beyond our current reality and experience and way of being that we might not even know exactly what it's going to look like. We can have an idea right now that we can strive towards. The love of a lifetime would mean something to me, to you, different. Something different to each of us. It means something. It's not vague. It's big. What would it mean to have the love of a lifetime? What would it mean to be the CEO of a multi-million dollar company that's impacting industries globally? It could mean a lot of things. And you might have an idea of what it means right now, but as you move towards it, as you learn, as you grow, as you're shaped by your experiences, as you navigate the obstacles when they come up, things not going the way you want, falling short of your goals, people telling you no, as you navigate through these things, you reveal more of what it is that you're called to create, who you're here to be, your purpose the life you're here to live, what it actually means to have and live your big impossible vision, that gets revealed to you as you move towards it. And when your context is big enough to hold space for that, you don't quit and give up and reactivate your winning strategy and go back to the known and familiar. Your context must be big. My context for the next evolution of my company is the future of life purpose development. That is the context that I hold for it. The context that I hold for my life personally is full alignment and full expression of self. Those are big contexts. And I'll be honest, when the business one dropped in, I had no idea what that meant. I would try to make it mean certain things. And there were times that I operated from small context. It had to look this way at a certain time. And if it didn't, well, I failed. But when I hold the bigger context and I let that guide me, full alignment and full expression of self, the future of life purpose development, things are revealed to me as I stay in motion around them, as I keep engaging in conversations to make it a reality, as I stop interpreting things, going into my core wound stories, operating from my winning strategy, more is revealed to me. There's so much space in that. When what I thought was supposed to work for my business last year didn't, and I realized it wasn't even aligned for me as a person, as a CEO, as a leader that I want to be, because I held a big context, I didn't quit. It left space for, okay, wasn't that? What's missing? What's next? And staying in motion and staying in conversation. Your context must be big. First, you have to understand how context comes into play in your day-to-day life and in the conversations that you're engaged in. What is your context? Can you communicate that context clearly when you're in conversation so that you're having the same conversation with the other person? If there's tension, if there's misunderstanding, if what they're saying isn't resonant, what's their context? And when people are sharing with you, what's their context? Get curious about the setting 
from which they are making sense of and understanding and processing things. What's the setting for that? Can you see it? And if not, can you get curious? Can you get curious about your own context? Once you understand context, notice the context that you hold and how it influences the way that you're moving. Is your context big enough? Does it leave space for you to create what it is that you really want for you to pivot as you need? Or is it small? Is it rooted in scarcity and urgency and fear? Notice your context. What is it? and what will align you with what you really want. That's what I have for you today. In the next episode, we will be talking about paradigms, understanding your paradigm and how we step into the possibility paradigm. So what is the possibility paradigm and how do you start operating from it is what is coming up next. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.